King, King will barge over, will he get a damn? Yes he does! There's the Premiership! Wilson runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him, it's been put on the toe. It's gonna be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. I am, of course, your host, Chris McPherson, and we are back for another week covering Rugby League in Newcastle and the Hunter region. Uh, we'll have a few special guests on this week, a little bit lighter episode uh, with the fact that the Denton Engineering Cup is having a bye weekend, and uh, that's all around the reasoning of the Tri-Series where the representative side from President's Cup North will head down to Wollongong on Sunday to take on the Illawarra side. So we will get straight into some footy action. We've got uh, our usual stats man, Josh Spiegelman, to kick off the show with, and then we'll get into some Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League action. And we're into the part of the show where we dig into the numbers behind the game for the Denton Engineering Cup. And we are, of course, joined by our resident statistician. Jeez, I can't even spit it out. I'm struggling on a Wednesday evening. But our resident statistician, Josh Spiegelman, he is a stats guru. He uh, does the stats and number crunching for... Uh, almost half of the competition uh, on a uh, contract basis, and he's open to picking up some more if there's any other clubs needing the numbers crunched more in depth. And uh, he joins us again for another week of pulling apart the Statsman's Performers of the Week, and we've got some big news on that front. Welcome back, Josh. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, Chris. Appreciate it, mate. Looking forward to getting into it. Hopefully I can get over all the uh, multi-syllabic words today. I'm, I'm struggling, a little bit tired, but that's all right. Uh, so, mate, we've... Uh, we've put our brains together and uh, I've contributed a very small amount just to some thought processing and brainstorming and you've done all the uh, heavy lifting but not only are we going to have a 3-2-1 for the best three performed stat- statistically players of the week but you've gone and retroactively gone and pulled out 3-2-1 from each game going back through either all your statistics from the games you've done, the highlights, any other footage and other bits and pieces you could pull out and we're going to have it moving forward. We're going to have a leaderboard. So what we will do at the end of today after we've gone through this week's games just gone is we will run through the top 10. And tomorrow when the podcast goes up, we'll have a leaderboard as well, mate. So we're starting to uh, look look pretty pretty schmick with this. And uh, in a matter of no time, I feel like this will be uh, more sought after than a Dally M. <laughs> I hope so, mate. I hope the players receive it well. Uh, obviously, yeah, the 3-2-1 system they're familiar with. And it's purely from a stats perspective. So obviously different opinions on that. But numbers speak. Clearly, and um, yeah, we'll go through each game going forward and, and hopefully get a pretty good, accurate leaderboard at the end of the season. Yeah, as long as there's no Billy Moores or Ruan Sims sort of scoring, we'll be all right, mate, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Always a bit of controversy, but mate, let's pull apart the games from the weekend in terms of stats perspective. And, uh, you know, we've got a, a bit of time to dig into it this week because we don't have any fixtures barring the rep game, which will be on Sunday uh, down at Wollongong against Illawarra. So, uh, it is a bye weekend across the majority of major competitions. A few New South Wales Cup games and things getting caught up, but the Denton Engineering Cup, they've got the week off this weekend. And uh, let's, as I said, let's just have a, a wind back to round seven. And we'll start with the uh, the Coalfields Derby, mate. Uh, Cessnock got away with that one by eight points, 32-24. Who did you pull out of this one as your standouts? 
Yeah, the um the Coalfields derby was was good to see. Um, Cessnock got ahead early, and then Curry clawed back. But yeah, Cessnock held on for the win. Uh, I've just gone um three two one. I've gone three Jared Anderson, two Reed Hugo, and one Ethan Niscott for the points in this match. Yeah, so Reed Hugo coming back from injury and came back with a bang, mate. Yeah, he did. He looked good out there. Um, look, look, yeah, it, he was out for was it a week? I think or yep. a couple of weeks. Yeah, just a week. Yeah, no, he looked good. Looked powerful out there, and um. And Jared Anderson, though, he pipped him for the three points at the end of the day. Lovely, mate. Uh, next up, and I'm, I'm guessing the majority of the points are going to come from the away side of the ledger, it was the Maitland Pickers continuing their uh, dominant run, 40-6. to six. Uh, Look, you know, it was just one-way traffic out at Harker Oval. Unfortunately, it's been a, a tough old year for the Rosellas, and they are yet to pick up a win from their six games. Uh, they'll be eyeing off that game in hand against Lakes as, as maybe an opportunity to, to chalk that first one, but... It was all black and white uh, at Harker Oval last Saturday. Yeah, no surprises here. Maitland big winners and also no surprises with the 3 2 ones all going to Maitland. But uh, the forwards and backs will both be happy because there's a few inclusions from both there. Um, so if we just read down the greatest contributors, so we go one point this week. Uh, we're going to go with James Bradley, the winger. He got another double. Um, and he also led the team with... Um, Six tackle busts and two line breaks. So that's that's his and third then, double of the season, mate. So uh, when he scores, he, he likes to do it in multiples as a rule. Yeah, it seems to be that way. Him and obviously Perry LeBrock picked up uh, another double. And as you mentioned off air, LeBrock is now top of the try score leaderboard. So I'm pretty stiff that I haven't given him a point for this game. So I feel kind of bad. But when you're playing a team like Maitland, obviously everyone knows their dominance at the moment. Getting points in, in categories like this is, is pretty competitive amongst the boys there. So yep. um, I'm going to give number two two points, sorry, to Tom Hughes, the centre. He was strong again, running the ball over 115 metres. He broke five tackles, two line breaks and his own try assist. So he was pretty important for their backline movements there. Lovely, mate. And, and the drum roll, who's the, the three points the best on? I'm assuming it's the man that was uh, one of the men that was laying the platform for them. It was indeed, mate. He does it week in, week out, but this this week was very impressive. Um, Sam Anderson, the lock forward, very experienced in his own right. He, um, he scored a try early on in the match, and then throughout the match, he ran for over 140 metres. He broke four tackles, made a line break, obviously, with that try. He also laid on his own try assist and line break assist, so when a forward does that as well, it, it, it piques my interest. Yeah, certainly would do, mate. Um, he is one of the consistent performers in... Uh, in this competition, and you can see exactly why he managed to chalk those only a small handful, but a handful of games for Penrith, uh, what seems like a lifetime ago, back in the early, uh, what we're looking at, 2013 through to 2015, I think. So um, you can certainly see that it, he wouldn't have looked out of place establishing more of an NRL career with the work that he does week in, week out in this competition. Yeah, definitely. He's, yeah, he's, he's very powerful on the field and um, hard to stop. Lots of post-contact metres, which I don't crawl, but if I did, late them, he'd definitely be at the top of that stat as well. And now, mate, uh, another couple of sides that you do dig into in depth and uh, the first win for one and uh, a bit of a crash back to earth for the other. Souths hosted Lakes at Townsend Oval and it was the Seagulls, 20 point to 12 winners over South Newcastle. South Newcastle obviously coming off that uh, win last week against West to break their duck, but uh, the Seagulls followed that up, breaking their duck this week and... Mate, uh, I'm still a bit concerned about Joel Edwards being a goal kicker, but uh, he'll keep slot, he'll keep trying to slot a mollet while he's getting an okay strike rate. But who's in the points here, mate? Who's your three, two, and one between the Lions and the Seagulls? 
yeah, it was a great game to watch between two teams uh, that were, you know, desperate for a win and, and that showed on the field. Um, I'll just mention quickly Brendan Simpson, who's not getting a point today. Very close. He was strong carrying the ball. Yeah, he won 90% of his carries, which is great for a front row with two tackle buffs. But if we look at the points here, it was hard to not give Connor Brown a point. He got a double from the bench, south to uh, only two tries that brought them back in the match. So that was pretty impressive. He was pretty efficient in defense as well. So give him a point for South. And then uh, two points to Matt Cooper, the fullback from Lake. And another strong game. I've mentioned him a couple of times now in a row, I think. Um, two try assists, two line break assists, two line breaks, two tackle busts, three offloads, and 125 meters on 16 carries. So ever since I've slotted him in at fullback, uh, he's done good things for Lake. He's certainly been firing all cylinders uh, since he's been handed that one jersey. Uh He's played a lot in the outside backs over recent years and, and looks like he's finally settled in that spot and uh, trying to make it his own. So Robbie Payne will be very happy with his contributions. Yeah, he will, mate. And he'll also be very happy with the, the man who leads from the front. I think you can guess so I'm going to give the three points here too from Lakes, another guy laying the platform week in, week out. I'm going to say, is it, is it none other than uh, Sean Boss? It is not Sean Boss. Oh. It is the Scottish international that you often refer uh, Nick to. Nick Lowy, of course. That's it, mate. He um he absolutely killed it this week. He had um thirty one tackles at ninety seven percent efficiency, which is in the middle is incredible. But then you also couple that with his work in attack. He had twenty one carries for one hundred and ninety one meters and two tackle busts. Now those sort of numbers you may see in the NRL often, but in this competition you don't. And in a later game this week, we'll also highlight a player who somehow cracked the 200-metre mark in the forwards. But Nick Lowy came extremely close in 21 carries, 31 tackles at that rate. It's a tremendous effort. That is a uh, big amount of work. And I know you don't necessarily track this, but I'm assuming he played the uh, the full stanza of 80, did he? Or, or very close to to get those sorts of numbers chalked up? Yeah, he would have. I, 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 didn't, I don't collate minutes, but I didn't see him take a break. And if he did, it was very short. So great effort. Lovely, mate. And um, just on to, just speaking of Brown, uh, he was one of five players on the weekend to get a double. And we'll jump across to Sunday and, and undoubtedly mention one of these guys. I don't know if he features in your points or not. I know we talked about him off air. But uh, young Zane Rickett in only his second game got a double. What makes that even more remarkable, his first game two rounds ago in first grade, he scored a hat trick. So, look, if I was Zane Rickett, I'd probably just retire on those sorts of stats. But, you know, other people with a bit more ticker than me keep on trudging and don't just do podcasts and talk nonsense. Yeah, no, no, as we spoke off there, tremendous effort, almost Charlie Staines like from Penrith there with the uh, the scoring rate early on in his, in his first grade career, I guess. So I couldn't go past not giving him a point there, sitting on the on the wing. So one point for Zane Rickett, um, two points for Mr. Consistent Will Pearsall. He, he seems to appear quite often in my uh, points here um, for, for his team, the entrance, and um, three points for Lachlan Hannigan as well, who was great again, so... Yeah, as I said, I don't collate the full stats for these matches, but from what I see in the highlights, they those guys got the points for me. I have to say, Lachlan Hannigan did very well there, mate, to get that in 70 minutes uh, after he uh, spent a little stint in the sin bin. I don't know whether you might have missed that one on your stats, but that's all right. Well, they're not the best and fairest. They're the stats man's best perform. So. That's my, they, the highlights don't show me the sin bin, so we'll have to, mine have to retroactively dock him a point there, but no, no, on the highlights, he look great. So. That's all right. He's not suspended, so we're not going to do a Dally M count back. We're all right, mate. Uh, <laughs> so it was a, a good win there for the entrance in that local derby, 16 points to 14 over Wyong, and those points will prove crucial to them undoubtedly, as the race for the finals heats up. Speaking of races for the finals, mate, and you were lucky enough to be, uh, I was going to say pitch side, but you were Steve Kidd side 
um, sitting in the coach's box at the, out there at Lyle Peacock. Unfortunately, uh, you weren't the lucky charm, so you might not get invited back, mate. 24-18, they went down to Central Newcastle in an absolute humdinger of a game between the top two sides. Yeah, it was a fantastic game to be out and to watch live. Both these teams, you know, top of the table clash. You always expect a good one. Uh, rain on the morning of the match, obviously, so slippery conditions made for a bit more of a stop-start game. I think Macquarie might have lost this game with a few errors in um, in Central's half. So, uh, yeah, yeah, great win for Central, though. They, they proved themselves to be contenders here. And I've, yeah, got a couple of standouts from both teams if you want to get into it. Yeah, let's fire through, mate. Let's see, let's dig into the stats behind the game. And uh, who are your performers from this top-of-the-table clash? Yeah, so I've gone, um, I've gone one point uh, for Cameron Anderson. He was great. He scored a try, and he set up another great one as well. He, he got injured uh, midway through the game with a lower leg injury, but he, he came back after half-time and set up some strong carries and um, did well for his club like he does week in, week out, Spider. So give him a point. Um, then I thought Dylan Pithian for two points. His, um, he scored a try as well, backing up. His long kicking game, though, was really impressive. I think that's developed in well recently since I watched him back in the day, and he also kicked a 40-20. I think he really dictated the, the match with that long kick game, took pressure off Luke Walsh as well. So I'll give him two points there. I'm going to give three points, and not because I'm biased, but to a stats performer this week who absolutely played just unbelievably well for Scorps in, in a loss. He does this week in, week out. Um, lock forward Luke Higgins. He he cracked the 200-meter mark off 23 carries. The 202 meters is rare to see that, as I said earlier. Backing that up, he also made 27 tackles without a miss. That's 100% efficiency. He had two offloads and four tackle busts. So, yeah, despite the loss, he gets my three points for Staff Man from this match. Yeah, I'm a big believer in the fact that the three points doesn't always have to go to someone from the winning side. If the best out there is the best out there, um, which, you know, you haven't left a stone unturned in explaining why he was, uh, then that, that's a, a great uh, result in a, in a tight contest. And, yeah, you talked about Dylan Pithy and that long kicking game. He just It's just been complementing so well. Luke Walsh has got the obviously the, the taking the ball to the line and the ball playing, especially in the red zone in the short kicking game and also, you know, the, the bombs and the crossfield kicks and we saw it the other week against Cessnock, the, the little banana kick back inside for uh, Spider Anderson. So he's got that, you know, on a string in that short range. So to have that long range kicking game where if they are pinned in their own half or just to get those 40-20s and turn, turn momentum around, it's almost the uh, perfect combination Phil Williams has got at his disposal there in the blue and white. Yeah, it's scary for other teams facing that moving forward, and it'll, I'm sure it'll show Central to be at the, at, near the top at the end of the season and contend for their first premiership in many, many years. So that, that, that's great to see. Yeah, almost as many years it's been since someone's racked up six tries in the NRL, which we'll get to a little bit later on. And even more scary is, you know, you look at these teams quite often and you go, look, if something was to happen to one of them, if something is to happen to one of their halves, they've got you know, a couple of blokes by the names of uh, Jack Kelly and, and possibly Brad Murray in the wing, so... It's um, some scary depth to uh, be able to call on should you need it later in the year. Hopefully uh, for both Dylan Pithian and Luke Walsh, especially Luke Walsh, who's had you know a bit of a, a rough run with injuries in recent years, they can get through the remainder of the season unscathed because they're the sorts of footballers that'll put bums on seats in the local footy, mate. Yeah, exactly. They'll bring the crowds in. And before we move on from this match as well, just note that um, Carrot Holland looked like he injured his hamstring in the game. He didn't come back on afterwards. That's something to monitor. But prior to that, he also kicked a 40-20 made a couple of line breaks, line break assists and two try assists. So he, he's vital for the Scorps. And I think the Scorps will be up there at the end of the season as well. They're a very strong team. Just have to fix a few of those errors in execution. Uh, but they look good as well. Yeah, it certainly looks like these two. And um, Maitland will be three of the sides that will be there when the whips are cracking. And 
Yeah, carried Holland two weeks in a row, 40-20. So hoping that the uh, bye weekend probably couldn't come at a better time for a bit of a tweak of the hamstring. Hoping it's nothing too major because he's been instrumental to Macquarie over the opening seven rounds and they're charged to uh, being up in those top three positions. So, mate, we might just have a quick run through uh, your leaderboard there. Um, there's one man out in front, mate, uh, on eight points, and I'll, I'll let you run through from there, and we might just run through the guys that are within striking distance on eight, seven, and six. I think it leaves us with about eight players. Oh, yeah, sure, mate. If you want to run through that now or you want to leave it for a surprise for the viewers during the week when it gets posted. Oh, mate, we, 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 may as well, we may as well announce it now because they'll probably see it before they hear this because we'll put it up at around the same time and just so that we've got a bit of an update on, on who's there. It's a lot of the, the usual suspects and guys that play in the spine, but a couple around there as well that are that have sort of snuck sure, up in sure. there as well. So fire away, mate. If you want to go through the eights and sevens, and I'll jump into the sixes. Yeah, no worries, mate. So um, obviously, we, we mate mentioned that a couple of games were postponed in round one. So obviously, a couple of teams have matches to catch up, Maitland and whatnot. So that, that'll alter the leaderboard. I think I've heard that they are being played in the second bye week, not ne- not this week. That, so, that is, no. that, that's what, yeah, that's what they're, they're uh, pinning. And it'll be West Lakes and Maitland Curry. So... Um, yeah, certainly take that into consideration for a couple of those sides, especially probably Maitland, who've uh, got at least one one man up there in the in the top echelons of this uh, leaderboard. Sure thing, mate. So we, we start off, we haven't mentioned him for a couple of weeks, but he was absolutely killing it to start the season and, and still is a danger week in, week out. So Royce Jeffrey, the centre for Macquarie, he tops it currently at eight points. Like I said before, in a Maitland team, it's hard to get points. When the scores are killing it, it's very hard to get points as well. When you've got guys like Luke Higgins on the field as well, so... His, his, his attack with the ball this year has been great. His position is his strong running. He's busted tackles, I think, uh, nearly 30 already in the season. I think he leads away in that, that category. I don't have it in front of me. But, yeah, Royce Jeffrey from Macquarie leads away so far on eight points. Yeah, lovely, mate. Uh, we'll jump into the, the sevens. We've got three guys there uh, representing three different clubs, and one of them you just mentioned, so probably the perfect segue for you, mate, uh, on, into the seven-point bracket. Yeah, Luke Higgins from Macquarie as well. I mentioned him in recent weeks and today as well. He's tireless worker. He's on seven points. He's also tied with Cam Anderson from Central, who we just mentioned too, on seven points. Always an attacking threat. Hope his leg's okay moving forward. Seemed like it was in the second half at least. And then you got Mitch Williams from Wyong, seven points as well. He seems to be their standout performer from what I've seen in the highlight packages over the first seven rounds. Yeah, mate, and jumping in, I'll jump into these six-pointers and every one of these either wears a six or a seven jersey appropriately enough and uh, we've talked about a couple of them leading into last weekend's games. Terence CUC at Wyong, he's uh, absolutely turned back the clock and Will Pierce, we talked about him before, he's in everything for the entrance and he's one of the keys in their six jersey and that was a cracking battle between those two on the weekend. Adrian Davis has been absolutely instrumental, especially since the departure of the Burns brothers from Cessnock. And finally, this man, he's got a game up his sleeve and he was in some fine form on the weekend, uh, just instrumental in their ball play and uh, setting things up. Brock Lamb, that NRL experience has been huge for Maitland uh, over the opening uh, sort of third of the season. And we look forward to each of those four alongside the uh, other top four, what they can do. Uh, That said, we've then got, you know, to go back in the pack, mate, it's, it's very tight. We've got another six players on five points and about the same on four points. So it's really anyone's if they um, can string a couple of, couple of big games together uh, stat-wise and uh, performance-wise. Exactly, mate. I'm looking at my list now and I've given out points to 63 total players so far. So, you know, lots of lots of different performance week in, week out, which is great to see. Variance in, in a strong competition throughout each club. So, yeah, let's um, hopefully the viewers enjoy this little segment. Each week we'll post up an updated list 
and we'll see who comes out at the top at the end of the season. Yeah, certainly, mate. And um, I'll, I'll be rattling some uh, some doors of local businesses to see if we can get something together to get, to present at the end of the year. I think it'll be a nice little thing to do if we can. Um, if not, we might just print them a lovely certificate and send it to them in the post. But, uh, <laughs> mate, uh, interesting you say about 62 players that you've, you've given a point to. I was running through, as you know, I do the try scorers leaderboard and update that. And uh, as we said before, Perry LeBrock's taken the lead there. And interestingly enough, uh, we've got the top seven uh, people on the try scorers leaderboard all scored one or two tries on the weekend. But do you want to take a punt? So doing doing the quick maths, there's been seven rounds, five games around, minus two uh, games where they were washed out. So we've had 33 games so far this season. How many yep. different players have scored a try in season 2021 so far? Oh, mate, that's um, I might go around the same figure as I've given you for my points, maybe around the 60 mark. You can double it, mate. 121 players. Wow. It is absolutely phenomenal. 121 players, 236 tries. So, you know, you do the math there. Um, you know, it works out to a roundabout for round number seven tries a game. So um, it's reflected that there's some good attacking football on, on show and uh, certainly, you know, um, plenty plenty of uh, points in our competition. Park. So That's it. Uh, and that said, the majority of the top guys are the top five are all Maitland and Macquarie. So you know, if those two sides are out there, then there's a good chance there's going to be plenty of points on offer, as we've seen. But mate, uh, a big thank you to you. Um, you've also gone and you know ground away and built out that leaderboard for us as well. So that graphic will go live tomorrow for the first time. And as you said, we will keep updating that. Um, a big thank you for the way you pull apart the stats and uh, give us the inside running on the footy and uh, what's been happening. So. Mate, we might uh, catch up with you again later in the show for your regular NRL insight because you are also our super coach guru, mate. Uh, there's not much you can't do uh, on League Castle, so we appreciate that and uh, we'll catch up with you a little bit later in the show. Cheers, Chris. Speak to you, mate. All right, that time of the show where we dig into the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League this week. The spotlight is firmly on the C-grade men's competition and we are joined by uh, an illustrious uh, man who's been on the show before. He's uh, been leading one of the newer clubs for the last couple of years. Uh, he is none other than Jack Dawson. He's the uh, captain coach over at the Hamilton Ducks. And uh, Jack, welcome back to Leadcastle. Uh, hey, Chris. Thanks for having me, mate. Oh, no worries at all, mate. Uh, always uh, happy to get yourself or one of the boys from the Ducks on the show. You've uh, been very generous with your time over the last couple of years, so thank you again. Mate, what, what's happening over Hamilton Way? Uh, how are you finding the transition into the C-grade competition uh, of 2021? Um, we've had a little bit of a rough start. We've got, um, we've got a quite, quite a few number, uh, new players in the team this year. But, um, yeah, like the last couple of weeks, I think we lost by two, we lost by four, so... Um, once we start getting a few of the combinations right, I think we'll start putting a few wins together. Yeah, I, um, I, the, the word that I'm getting told, and I'll, I'll give you one guess as to where it's coming from, is that you're sorely missing Geordie Boyce. Geordie Boyce? Yeah, we wouldn't mind having him. I think he's carving it up in Union at the moment. He, he's been telling everyone he's, um, he's scored a few tries, sh- sharing a couple of videos. Uh, lo- loves his own highlights, says Geordie, but uh, still around the club, which is good. Uh, unfortunately, just not on the paddock. Uh, now, mate, uh, looking at the ladder, you are, as you said, you're sort of down a little bit further than you probably like, but that four and against is probably crucial. Only minus two points uh, after four games uh, and just the one win, mate. So you've been right in a lot of the games you've had. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think last week, 
you know, we had 10 minutes to score a try and we were on their line. Couldn't quite get over. And then the week before, we got one scored on the buzzer. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit different this year. We've got, it's not quite 10 rounds. So I think like last year, if we we were one and three, we'd be in a bit of trouble. We've got a little, little bit more time to gel and um, get a little bit higher up on that ladder. Yeah, definitely. And, and look, there's not a huge amount separating a lot of the teams, I don't think, on any given day. So you'd certainly be eyeing off some of those results as as you head forward. And there's probably some surprising teams atop the ladder. Uh, a Wobbacle haven't exactly been a powerhouse in the men's previously, but uh, they're sitting atop the ladder undefeated alongside uh, West Wall's end. Yeah, when we played them, they were, they were really tough. Like I felt like we, um, we were on top a lot of the game, but they just held in and then, yeah, like, like I said, just on the bell, they spread it wide and they scored a really good try on us. And I don't really know too much about Westfall's end. I think we've got him in maybe a fortnight or so. So that'll be interesting to see how they're going. Yeah, it certainly looks like they've, they've pulled back a couple of their players that uh, were involved in that B-grade premiership a couple of years ago, which won't hurt their cause. But uh, on that note, mate, we might have a quick run through last weekend's rounds and uh, a Wobbacle, the uh, side we just talked about, they got up 24-18 to 18 over... Kersley on Friday night. Uh, the other matches on Saturday, 28-12. West Wall's end defeating uh, Morissette in the Western Lake Macquarie Derby. Fingal Bay uh, hosted Katara but couldn't get up and it was 24-14. The visitors at Katara winning that one. Wall's end Maryland in a point fest got over East Maitland 40-22 at Hennypenny Stadium. And that game you talked about, it's always a tough trip up to Woodbury. 16-12, your Ducks went down to the Woodbury Warriors, mate. Uh, Usually a physical encounter up there at Fred Harvey as well. Yeah, it was a it was a very physical um, fiery clash there. It was um, yeah, a bit interesting. <laughs> Certainly would have kept a few of your young boys on your toes, mate. And uh, where are things sitting? You talked about having a few new players in the club. Are you in a situation at the moment where you're reasonably settled on those key positions, or is there still sort of some you know some movement there and just settling down to finding what the best you know starting thirteen and combination is any given week? Oh yeah, there's still like plenty of plenty of spots up for grabs, and then I think we've probably got five or six injuries already, so that's sort of shaking things up. So it's a little bit all over the place, but um, it'll it'll get better. It'll get better. Like like I said, like it's um it's not like a class thing, you know. We've been by two, been by four, and then um Shortland's moved up and Malibu has moved down, so we're we're, we're right in it. Yeah, there's certainly not a lot there. Uh, and uh, this week, mate, uh, have you had much of a look ahead? It's the local derby. This was a big rivalry a couple of years ago. You played them in the grand final in your first season. Uh, it is the it is the Katara Bears, mate. Uh, it's the battle for Adamstown. Uh, how's this shape up for you? They've been in some reasonable form. We had a good win last week up at Fingal, which is never an easy trip. Yeah, it's um it's very exciting. We're, we're back at Learmont playing Katara, who I think we played. I played them a thousand times in our first year, and. There's a couple of uh, ex-Ducks playing for them, so I think everyone's sort of sort of keen about that. Nice to have a little local derby back in there, mate, and uh, certainly everyone will be fired up. And nice little 4.30 twilight time slot as well, so uh, a few of the other other sides around might uh, sneak over and have a look at that. I think there's a good spread of time slots in the C-grade this week. But, uh, mate, what's going to be the key, do you think? Uh, is, it, is there something you've worked on this week, or is it, uh, you know, Tyler Smith's just going to carry the team on those very, very broad shoulders? <laughs> oh, he's been talking to you, has he? <laughs> um, um, I just think oh, the, the last couple of weeks I think we we sort of got off um, we're playing in patches again like I think if we can put like 80 minutes together like a little bit more consistency I think we'll I think we should get up but um, yeah because like, I think last week we 
it was down 16 nil after 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, and we, we were sort of a little bit on the back foot there. Same with Awabakal. You know, we got up eight and then they put two tries. We got up eight and they put another two tries. It's been very up and down throughout the game. So if we, if we sort of play a little bit more consistency, I think uh, consistently, yeah, I think we'll be right in it. Yeah, it's just that it's the old cliche, isn't it? An 80-minute effort will be uh, half the battle done sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. And um, looking ahead, have you had any clarification? We've been trying to source it from the league at the moment in terms of your final structure and where you need to be aiming come the completion of the 16 rounds? No, I'm, I'm not sure. You probably, you probably have more idea than me, Chris. Yeah, well, as, but, soon, um, as soon as we know, we'll let everyone know. So once we get that response, hopefully in the in the coming week, hopefully we'll be able to reveal next week. I see there's been a bit of a change in the competition structure with one of the other grades as well, which will be interesting to see how that pans out because the... Uh, D grade's gone from five teams to 11 teams. They've merged it in the Southern Conference together. So it'll be interesting to see how that, that plays out over the coming weeks. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, as you say, you're only, you know, a, a win a win and uh, four points of four and against away from fifth place. So uh, there's not a whole lot separating anyone. And, you know, a win this week, it obviously close you up into that bunch in the middle with a number of the other sides. So, mate, that said, uh, and in the interest of knowing that you are at the Kent, you're very good sponsors, mate, that's been uh, with the Ducks since day one, I believe. Uh, I don't want to keep you too long, so we'll run through these other games, get some tips, and then we'll have a quick chat about the girls and let you get back to the beers, mate. So let's have a look. Friday night, Walters Park. This one will be an interesting one. You've seen both these sides the last two weeks. It's a Wobbicle hosting Woodbury uh, there at Spears Point, mate. Who do you like here? Um, probably got Wobbicle there. I, I reckon that'll be a pretty good game, but I, I think a Wobbicle, um, they've got a pretty, pretty solid forward pack there. I reckon it'll be a good battle, and they might just get up. Yeah, I certainly think that one will be uh, pretty uh, interesting up the middle. Both sides fairly physical. So uh, moving on to Saturday afternoon, we've got two 3 o'clock games. The first of those is at the uh, lovely Henny Penny Stadium there at East Maitland, a.k.a. King Edward Park. And it's East Maitland Griffins hosting the other undefeated side, West Walls End. So East Maitland uh, sitting just below yourselves on the ladder. But they seem to have been in a few games. So they'll be eyeing off a uh, being the first team to pip West Walls End. But where, where are you liking there, mate? I've heard that um, East Maitland might have um, uh, Barry Blake, the Duke, running around. So um, I reckon East Maitland might um, might take it out there. A little bit of inside knowledge there, mate. I like that. Uh, oh, yeah. The other 3 o'clock game is the uh, Fingal Bay Bomboras. Uh, they're at home again up there at Fingal Bay Oval. They'll host Walls End Maryland. Uh, Walls End Maryland uh, running seventh with uh, just the one win and a bye to their name so far. Uh, and as we said before, Fingal Bay also on four points, two wins, two losses. So not a lot separating those two teams and a top five berth on the line uh, for the winner. Who do you like up at Fingal? I don't know too much about either of these teams, but um, just, if Fingal Bay's at home, I might might give it to them. Yeah, they don't often lose two games at home in a row. So they lost last week. So you'd be yeah, you'd be thinking they'd be up and about. This next one's an interesting one. I don't know a huge amount. Kersley's come up from the lower grades. Morissette, you had some ding-dong battles with last year. I know I was involved refereeing a couple of those, mate. Uh, down there at Morissette, it's not an easy trip. Four o'clock in the afternoon, the Morissette Bulls hosting the Kersley Crushers. Morissette sitting two and two in fourth place. Kersley, just the one win after they dropped down from the originally being in the B-grade competition. Yeah, I'd have to go Morissette there. I don't know how they're in D-grade there. Um, they were very strong last year. Yeah, I think they've had a couple move on, but they're still led by their uh, their, their inspirational skipper, Reese Ryan, who uh, another front row captain coach, mate. It's their, their special breed, those. Oh, yeah, he was he was horrible to play against last year. Yeah. <laughs> Very tough. He's still telling me that he's going to uh, be the first prop in uh, C grade to kick a two-point field goal, mate. So that might be a challenge between you two, I reckon. I reckon see who can get the first one. 
Tyler Smith might try. Oh. He's got he's got the shape of a prop, but uh, he just plays in that six jersey, so it doesn't count. No, dude, those boys can go for it. I'm not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, mate. Well, we'll jump on quickly and give uh, a bit of a mention to your girls, mate. Uh, they were a new side last year, and they finished the season with an absolute flurry in the ladies' league tag. B grade, they've been in and amongst it the uh, first few rounds this year, and they've got off to a great start being promoted to the middle grade, being B grade, up from the lower grade uh, this year. Ten-team comp, and they're sitting third, mate. So uh, it's been a pretty good start to the season, three and one uh, for them so far. Yeah, they've been going so well. Um, like the majority of those girls, this, well, the majority of those girls is their second year playing the sport, and um, Ricky and the other boys and um, Chloe, the captains, and they've been, yeah, they've been doing heaps. They've been they, they train a lot longer than us, that's for sure. <laughs> We're finishing up, and they're still still running sets and doing doing work. That, that, that might be showing on the ladder, I reckon, mate. Uh, their first loss last week, so they'll be. I'm sure they'll be keen at home this weekend to make up for losing their first game and uh, come up against Swansea, who, again, similar to yourselves against Katara last year, they had a, uh, a couple of good battles with in the ladies' league tag uh, last year. So some good little rivalries this weekend out at Learmonth Oval. Yeah, definitely. Swansea's, um, <laughs> Swansea's another club that we've been around with a fair bit, both, both guys and girls. Yeah, lovely, mate. So I'm expecting a tip for uh, for the the Ducks to win that one, mate. Uh, can you give us some insight? What, what's the margin going to be on on the ladies' league take B grade? The curtain raiser for your boys on Saturday at three thirty at Learmonth. Oh, I reckon it'll be it'll be something like twelve ten. It'll be a be a low scoring game, I reckon, but a, a pretty close one. A couple, couple of arm wrestles out there on Saturday at the Duck Pond, mate. That'd be great uh, to get the crowd around, and of course, head straight back to your great sponsors who you're uh, doing well to support tonight, mate. The Kent, so. Um, I will just before I let you go, mate, I'll fire through these other few Ladies League take B-grade games. I won't expect you to tip them because you probably haven't watched too much of it really uh, outside of the couple of games that have been curtain raises for your own. Uh, two o'clock, Newcastle Uni at the University host Aberglasson. Malaboola also two o'clock hosting West Walls End up at Malaboola Sporting Complex. Fingal Bale host Shortland at two o'clock as well. And the final game, Sunday, two o'clock, it is West Maitland hosting Dungog, but of course the match of the round is the Hamilton Ducks taking on the Swansea Swans in the Waterfowl Warfare, as I think we termed it last year when uh, you guys were clashing with them fairly regularly. So uh, make sure, mate, uh, there'll be plenty of cold cans on ice down there at Learmonth on Saturday afternoon and uh, plenty of opportunity for spectators to give Tyler Smith a razzing, I think. Yeah, sounds good. A few um, a few gooseys getting around and uh, yeah, it should be a, should be a good day. Excellent, mate. Well, thank you very much for your time. Good luck on the weekend, and uh, hopefully we can uh, catch up with you later in the season as the Ducks are starting to string a few more wins together in the C-grade competition, and the girls are continuing on their march in the Ladies League Take B-grade. No worries. Thanks, Chris. All right, it's time for our NRL wrap and preview. Um, we might just skip over the wrap in a moment once I introduce my returning guest, Josh Spiegelman, our NRL super coach and uh, ins and outs guru, mate. Um, I don't think we really need to talk about last week's night's game, do we? Oh, well, potentially. I mean, that's another night's tip I've got wrong as well, so we could skim over it. But for the sake of all the listeners, I think we'll just say go night and move on. I was going to say, for the sake, <laughs> sake of laying the boot into me, maybe. The, uh, the Raiders, mate, I watched the first half uh, while I was sitting there watching Maitland dismantle Wes and I thought, oh, well, that's, that's pretty good. I'll head over and watch the Jets and uh, take that in live because uh, that might be an interesting game. And then all of a sudden my phone started lighting up. I was planning on watching the second half on replay and, well, I never got round to that, did I? Because 
the messages that I got very quickly indicated to me that the Raiders had again fallen asleep at the wheel in the second half and the Knights had stepped up to the plate, uh, none more so than KP, mate, and uh, took the two points down there in Wagga. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, it was amazing to see that that comeback, sixteen point deficit. It's going to leave us with a lot of confidence moving forward, which is great. Um, obviously, sad for you because the Raiders have capitulated now a few times in a row. Uh, just a brief touch on the stats. I thought Jaden Braley was was great again. He made over fifty tackles, um, and Clemo ran over two hundred meters. So statistically, those two stood out. But obviously, KP as well. He had a bit of a shaky first half, but yeah, he's such a threat, isn't he, with the ball? We're kind of lost without him. Yeah, certainly, mate. And uh, as you said, Brayley, the work that he gets through in the middle, he's not a big body, uh, but just absolutely tackles nonstop. And, mate, um, on tackling, before we get into into this week's round, one of the ones that really stood out for me, uh, I think there's a couple of them on the weekend for the Roosters, Nat Butcher and uh, Marshke with 69 and 70 tackles, respectively, against the Eels. It's phenomenal yeah, the amount of tackles these guys yeah. are making. Young boys as well, young guys, young players. So it's, it's, yeah, the, their bodies will be sore this week, I'm sure. But yeah, that's a tremendous effort in the top grade. Well, mate, it's an exciting time. Unfortunately, I'm not getting up there this year, but I'm already planning a trip for next year. Magic round. Where would you rather be? Eight games of footy, all at the one ground. I mean, it'd be great if it was at uh, McDonald Jones Stadium just to make it a little bit easier <laughs> for us. But you know, it makes a good excuse for a weekend away and. Uh, yeah, magic round up there, and, and even more exciting for local fans. The Knights kick it off, mate, um, with a bit of a point to prove after they lost to the Tigers earlier this year. So a chance for them to get a little bit of uh, revenge and, and justice, uh, chalking back two points um, on the back of that Canberra game. Yeah, we're going to start with reviewing the Knights. That sounds good to me, mate. We'll uh, talk about yeah the confidence they'll bring in from that last performance, which is the complete opposite from the Tigers. Their, um, I read today the defensive record after nine rounds is the worst in the club's history. Uh, they leaked, I think it was 36 points against the Titans last week. They started poorly, as did we against the Raiders, but they didn't finish strongly, which is the big difference. And if we're going to talk about any team changes today, I'm sure you've seen this as well. Maguire's pulled an absolute doozy here. I said pulling Adam Dewey to the centres and Moses Embi to 5'8". Can you make sense of that? Mate, all I can say is weakening a strength to strengthen a weakness never seems to work out, and it just confuses the hell out of me. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what he's thinking there. Um, yeah, Moses Zembai at five eight hasn't worked previously. It just seemed that they were just finally, you know, they had Laurie at fullback, Dewey at five eight was starting to settle in. Brooks was, you know, sort of doing a bit of hit and miss, but you know. You know, they'd obviously you know put their chips in that basket. It was sort of a bit of a debate around the little Simpkin sort of nine, but and then he's gone and just yeah, as you said, pulled an absolute doozy. Is probably the nicest words we can put around it. I mean, we don't want to have a Ricky Stewart or Trent Robinson moment here. So um, yeah, very inexplicable what he's doing there. But hopefully, it works in the Knights' favour and uh, they can get the job done. Yeah, and, and also note last time as you mentioned, we lost to the Tigers at home. Although we had Pierce, we, we didn't have KP or Bradman Best, so those are two strike weapons that will help us score a few more points. I'd say this time round. Um, if you want to go into the tips, mate. Yeah, mate. Let's let, let's go there. Let's have a look at um, you know what's your tip, and we we talked about it after we got off air last week, and I don't think either of us got really close on it, but um, we might have a first try score again this week. What do you reckon? Yeah, sounds good, mate. You, you can go first this week. I think I know which way you're going to go with our dislike of the Tigers and how they are for our tipping, but uh, surprise me if you want. Yeah, mate, I, I am going to go with the, with the Knights to win. Um, I'm actually going to go the Knights to 13-plus uh, off the back of that confidence. 
And a little bit different, I'm going with Lockie Fitzgibbon for the first try scorer. I'm going to R in between the two back rows, but I'm going to go. Frizz has been going well, but I think Fitzy's due now that he's back and uh, in the right jersey number in the starting back row jersey and, and ready to rock and roll. Yeah, nice. I may love the confidence. Uh, they've certainly proved that to you after last week against the Raiders. I'm going to be a bit more conservative. I've gone Knights by six points. I think he'll keep it, keep it close. I think, you know, I, I don't have much reasoning for this, but both teams are so hard to tip. So I'm just going to always play a bit conservative with the Knights because I don't like getting my heart broken in real life and in tipping as well. So we'll go, we'll go six points. And um, I'm actually going to go to the big man, big second row on the other side to score first, uh, Luciano Leilua. I feel like he's going to crash over first and then the Knights will come back, similar to last week. A bit of mental resilience and toughness there and we'll, we'll get the victory. Might be a, a nice one. I know a few of the bookies offer the market uh, to score first and lose. So that might be the one to go there, mate. Uh, Tigers to score first and lose. Generally get some, a little bit of value around that. Uh, Probably but, a popular market when it comes to Tigers. Anything to lose and lose, mate. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, it's just, you know, and they, they, they do have plenty of points in them as we saw the way they sort of finished but were never really threatening last week. But uh, anyway... Moving right along, mate. Uh, speaking of disappointing teams and that are hard to tip, the uh, the Brisbane Broncos, they're the away side at Suncorp Stadium against the Manly Seagulls for Magic Round. Manly, geez, uh, they, they made hard work of uh, the Warriors last week, and but you know, it doesn't seem to matter what I look at. I just can't bring myself to tip the Broncos, even after that uh, display against the Cowboys last week. Yeah, I tipped the Broncos last week. It was heartbreaking. Well, Never heartbreaking to see Brisbane lose, but it is when they when you tip them. Losing at the last minute there, I thought they were the better team for longer periods of the match. Uh, made things worse. They, they lost their great young lock, Pat Carrigan, to an ACL injury. He's out for the year. Bit of a mixed week for Brisbane, signing Adam Reynolds, uh, apparently, according to reports, moving forward. And then, obviously, you've probably seen during the week a potential switch between Matt Lodge and David Clemmer between clubs with the same agent. And if that happens, I will be marching with a pitchfork down a night safe queue. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you'd be on your own there. But um, I did see something today saying that, uh, interestingly enough, the Broncos are the one that are rejecting that trade. And I went, wow, that's that's spectacular, isn't it? Jeez, that's the um, the plummeting price of David Clemmer, unfortunately. He's not even the alpha in our club un- uh, anymore here in town. But, uh, look, you know, if, if the Knights can maintain him on, you know, maybe a lower deal, then, you know, I think he still offers some value with his experience. But... Uh, yeah, I would rather. I think I'd rather put you or I out there in the front row than have Matt Lodge for what he might represent for culture, etc. Yeah, exactly, mate. I, the families of Newcastle rest easier if he stays in Brisbane. Put it that way. So yeah. I'll tip. Um, I'll tip the Seagulls this round, mate. You can't go past Turbo Tommy Kenny at the moment. He he looks like the form fullback of the competition, and he's obviously been the Origin team. But we'll see where. Certainly will, mate. Uh, next up and. This this one scares me. It's the Bulldogs versus the Raiders, and uh, I said it off air. If the look, if the Raiders lose this one, they probably should be relegated to New South Wales Cup, and uh, Ricky Stewart might make a comeback and play as uh, halfback and captain coach, mate, because things are in a dire state in the nation's capital. They are, mate. This is the sort of game where I'll tip the Raiders, and if they lose, they won't be getting a tip from me all year. <laughs> this, I'll go to the Raiders in this game. I'm noting that um, Paul Fanagan got hooked last week for the Bulldogs, so they're in a bit of disarray. Their two tries last week came from, I think it was a one-on-one strip and a turnover. So their attack is, is useless at the moment. So if the Raiders can't win this, mate, yeah, I'll leave it up to you to vent your frustration. Yeah, look, you know, I think the less said the better. But, you know, when they've got Nick Meaney at, at uh, playing in the centres, Avarillo and Wakeham as their halves, 
The uh, the only thing I can see that might see the Bulldogs or victory here, apart from just you know the Raiders' apathy, is maybe Nick Cotrick turning on an absolute blinder against his old side because he he hasn't uh, had much opportunity outside of that. So, look, I, I surely the Raiders have got to win this one. As I said, if they can't beat the Bulldogs, then yeah, then the rot has really set in, and you know it's time to clean ship and you know maybe just yeah, I don't, I'm not even sure what the best approach is. So, look, fingers crossed, but uh, not overly confident going the Raiders. Uh, but we'll move, move along, mate. Uh, the second game of the Saturday triple header there at Suncorp is the Sharks and the Rabbitohs. Uh, based on last week's uh, results, this game could either be 50 to 48 or nil all. It could be, mate. It could be. But some big team news during the week, uh, both in the halves, actually. So earlier in the week, Adam Reynolds is back to South, which is a big in. Obviously, his value was proved last week when they could not score a point. I know it was against Melbourne. And then conversely, today, Sean Johnson's just been ruled out for the Sharks. So if anyone was tipping the Sharks, I'd urge you to reconsider, I think. But um, I'll be tipping south and um, probably by 13 plus, I reckon they'll rebound here. Yeah, the, the only concern still for me is Cody Walker playing a little bit out of position. But as you say, with Johnson gone, it means that the Cronulla are likely either going to have to throw Moylan starting into the halves or, the, or they'll have a complete reshuffle and move Tracy into the halves. So either way, it's going to uh, completely upend things. And if you weren't concerned enough about the Sharks, they've they've named Andrew Fafita in their 17. So, um, yeah, you'd be a brave man to be tipping them at the moment. So I will be uh, going with uh, South. I did see a rumour that they're, with Reynolds looking to go to the Broncos, they're looking at signing Anthony Milford as if they didn't have enough uh, underperforming, overpaid stars at the Sharks. Oh, jeez, mate. The Sharks are in a world of trouble. Reynolds was there. I want to say last hope, big signing. But, yeah, Craig Fitzgibbon, he's moving into a difficult situation there, let's put it that way. Certainly is. Speaking of Craig Fitzgibbon, the club where he's an assistant coach at at the moment, the Roosters, they host North Queensland. Uh, again, they're all at Suncorp Stadium. 12.5 point favourites, the Roosters. And uh, after, you know, yeah, it wasn't pretty from the Cowboys on the weekend. It was uh, the, the result they needed. But you'd certainly have to think that uh, the Roosters are, you know, deserving of that 12.5 point favouritism, even with the decimation of their squad. Yeah, they've copped it in recent weeks, haven't they, mate? They've injuries all over the park. Drew Hutchinson, that looked like a very painful injury last week. They do get Patili Tupanua back from suspension this week, which will help them, I think. I'm going to tip the Roosters without, you know, the odds speak for themselves. I'm not confident in the line. Um, but, yeah, I think they're just too classy and well-drilled, even their younger players. The coaching setup and structure there is just, you know, miles ahead of what I think Peyton's got at the Cowboys at the moment. So, even though it's in Queensland, I'll go to the Roosters here. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are improving, but uh, certainly um, looking to see uh, the Roosters win this one. It'll be interesting to see what final lineup they go with. They do have a couple of players uh, carrying some injuries. I think Butcher and also Sam Walker. So it'll be interesting to see whether they throw Adam Kieran in or maybe against a, a lesser opponent in the midpoint of the season. Do they have finally debut the biggest talking point uh, of the season in uh, Joseph Sawali there? So we'll wait and watch this space. It's going to be a talking point every week until uh, they finally do, do debut him, I think. Yeah, my fantasy team, draft team, is, is praying that he does get put in. He's been on my reserves for a while now. I don't want to give him up in the draft format. So I think he's, he's obviously everyone knows he's what the potential he has. I just want to see it play out on the field. Yeah, if he, if, if he can over over um, overperform against his expectations like Sam Walker has, then the Roosters will be sitting pretty for a number of years to come, that's for sure. Let's move on to Sunday, mate, and uh, we'll punch through these last three games. The Warriors against the Parramatta Eels, the, the signing of the year for mine, uh, Ice Papali'i, Isaiah Papali'i, against his old club, the club that didn't really want him, offered him a, a bare-bones contract, uh, um, which he turned down. He, for mine, will put on an absolute clinic this weekend and lead the Eels to a win in the early game on Sunday. 
Yeah, I totally agree, mate. Revenge game, they call it the narrative. I'm going to go Eels here. Uh, interesting. Josh Curran, I thought, has been pretty good for the Warriors in recent weeks in the second row as well. So, bit a bit of a battle between the second rowers there. But, yeah, Papa, Papa Lee, he's just, he's just been a beast this year, mate. He certainly has. And, and further reshuffles again to the, uh, the back line for uh, the Warriors with Walsh again named on the bench. And... Um, Harris Tavita and Nikarima in the halves, which is which surprises me a little. I thought he was going to be the future for them, and they were trying to push towards that with RTS on the way out. But uh, we'll wait and see what happens there and how much game time he picks up. The penultimate game of the weekend is the Melbourne Storm taking on St George Illawarra. Melbourne Storm dollar fifteen favourites. Uh, I think the under over for uh, Addo Car tries might be at two and a half. So um, you'd be a brave man to back against him the way their back line's been handing it to him on a platter, mate. Yeah, you would be. Like the Roosters, the Storm have been absolutely hammered with injuries and suspensions. They're missing Brandon Smith, Harry Grant, Cam Munster, and then Pappenhausen's in the reserve. So I think they've named Kenny Bromwich at hooker at the moment. So it speaks volumes for the depth at that club that they're, what, fifteen you mentioned against the Dragons team that isn't all that awful. And, um, yeah, it's too hard to tip against the Storm. Simple as that. Missing three of their starting spine, as you said, you know, obviously Nico Hines has been doing a great job. Uh, they bring in, uh, as you said, Bromwich at uh, Hooker and Riley Jacks, who's played plenty of first grade, coming in at six. So, um, yeah, they're certainly still in a, in a pretty good position. You're always in a pretty handy position when you can name Nelson Asafa Solomona as number 17, aren't you? So, uh, I'll be going to Storm, and I think they'll still do a job. Those players will be trying to prove to Craig Bellamy and whoever else is looking in on that club for the next couple of years that they deserve a spot or to other clubs that to put themselves in the shop window so they can get some more first-grade time elsewhere um, as they sit down that pecking order. Yeah, exactly. I'd just be totally terrified of playing under Bellamy, mate, so I'd want to give 150% each week. <laughs> yeah, 100%, mate. Uh, although I'm not still not sure what Cooper Johns has got to do to get a run at that club. So Yeah, uh, I want to see him have a consistent run there, Cooper Johns. Obviously, he's great value on the Matty Johns podcast, but I want to see him on the field a bit more too now. Yeah, well, he's, he's off contract at the end of this year, so maybe maybe he comes out of that system and pops up somewhere else. I think the Sharks could buy him instead of uh, Anthony Milford and probably save themselves about $800,000. Uh, the final game of the round, it is the other side that put on an absolute clinic last week. They're looking to go the perfect 10 to start 2021. The Penrith Panthers against the Gold Coast Titans. I'd love to say there's a fairy tale in this for the Gold Coast in Queensland to wrap up Magic Round, but I just don't see, even, even at the, the delicious odds of $9, um, how they, especially without David Fafita now, managed to outscore an absolutely prolific point-scoring side in the Panthers. Yeah, mate, call me old-fashioned, but if that is it worthy of a two-week suspension, I don't know your thoughts on that, but I, I don't think it is a reflex action. and didn't hurt the bloke. So, yeah, a bit of a soft one there. They'll be missing Fafita. Uh, Capewell's out for Penrith, but that, that's just a machine that keeps rolling, mate, Penrith. And again, this, this round seems straightforward in tipping, which probably means six underdogs will get up. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah, Penrith here as well. So, late safe. Yeah, I think that was one that Radley wasn't all that different and he didn't, I don't think he even got fined for it. it. It seems like, yeah, look, certainly need to go and report. Probably probably was, you know, one of those $1,700 fines just to say, you look, you can't hit a guy in the head when you're off balance and you need to take a bit more a bit more care, care. But, you know, it's exactly that. It's careless. It wasn't reckless or intentional. He's a, he's a big body and just... Uh, standing at full height and off balance a little bit. So, um, I mean, it was only two weeks because he did decide to contest it. But as you say, I just don't see how Penrith lose. I think they're, you know, they're probably going to, uh, you know, not go as aggressive this week as they did last week, the short turnaround coming off the back of this. And then I think they play Souths next week, which will be earmarked for them, even though Souths have 
been drubbed recently, they'll be backing up and about for it. So I think it'll be Penrith, as you say, undoubtedly uh, back all the uh, outsiders in, in one of those box multis and you'll, and you'll probably get some value with some upsets and some neutral grounds. But you and I seem to be on pretty similar lines there, mate. I think it might have been eight from eight that we tipped the same. Yeah, we're the same this week. Like we said, mate, it's hard to go away from the favourites. Just on that last match, I just read that the Penrith Panthers do win this game. They'll be the only seventh team to win their first 10 games in a season. So that's just an incredible feat. Might have to uh, pull the stats on who the others are if they do get the win, mate, and see uh, the comparison of where they finish the season. That's one I always find interesting is you see these teams that have you know absolutely phenomenal runs during the season and quite often they you know fall one or two games short. So might be a little project for us during the week to pull that apart and have a chat next week in regards to what it looks like if you start the season 10-0. and 0. But, mate, um, that's probably enough for us tonight. It's uh, very late on a Thursday night, and um, I don't know about you, but I certainly need some beauty sleep. So we'll wrap yeah, it mate, up. Yeah, mate, so much uh, so it's a Wednesday night, isn't it? It is. There you go. That, that tells you how long I think we've been recording. It's gone for 24 hours. Uh, but, mate, thank you again. Uh, look forward to catching up with you to pull apart the NRL and the uh, Denton Engineering Cup stats again next week and appreciate all your time and effort on the show this week, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, no worries, Chris, mate. I'll speak soon. Have a good week. Well, that's a wrap for episode 10 of 2021. A big thank you to our guests, Jack Dawson, and our regular feature, Josh Spiegelman. Uh, Great to have both of them on the show. Uh, Certainly putting out um, a call for any clubs who might be interested in getting involved in the show over the coming weeks. Uh, If you do have someone from your club that uh, might be keen to get involved, we're certainly looking to cover the next couple of weeks, B grade, D grade, and the uh, Northern Conference. So... Uh, drop a message to the page via Facebook, League Castle AUS on Facebook or just search for League Castle. Uh, make sure to stay up to date with our social media. We are getting deep into our eliminators for the People's Club. We're down to the quarterfinals. The first quarterfinal launched earlier this week and the remainder will come in the coming days. So get voting, get around your clubs. Make sure if you haven't already, uh, follow us on those social media channels, League Castle AU on Instagram and Twitter, League Castle AUS on Facebook. And uh, stay up to date with all of the information that we share there, including uh, our own content as well as some other stuff that we've provided from other sources with news, etc. A big thanks to all of you for tuning in again today. And uh, we look forward to coming back to you next week with another strong coverage of local rugby league action. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson. Runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him, it's been put on the toe, it's going to be to try, Joy Jobson's got the try, Window will get their second. You're listening to Lead Newcastle, Newcastle Hunters, Hunters Rugby League.